0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back, and it is a big one really big dragons have flown people have frozen and died and people with blue eyes have come back to life and everything has happened this is right folks we are talking all about game of thrones season eight it is now gone it is behind us and there is an uproar by some some applause by others it's going to be an interesting one to talk about You know, no one's ever happy with how a TV show ends, so Game of Thrones came, it went, and are we satisfied, are we not? We got a great crew to talk all about it, and we will do that in a little bit, but we have, of course, the man who always comes back to life for us every Monday. Let's welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy, and that's, yeah, that's not easy, because Mondays I don't
2: feel like coming alive at all.
1: I know, it's like I'm always amazed you make it here with a smile and a howdy. Well, it could be because I actually left the office, so. That's true. And just think, next week is a short week, so you got a three-day weekend ahead of you. Oh, man, I can't wait. I know, it's pretty interesting, but you know, I went on vacation, come back for a week, and then I get a three-day weekend. Not too bad. I kind of like that kind of thing. But we definitely want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at station one at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, you know, tell us what's going on. Or there's always social media. We have plenty of ways to find Earth Station One up on social media. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram as ESO Network. We have, of course, our Facebook group. Uh, we have an ESO Net, uh, page. We have an Earth Station One page. We also have an ESO Network group, which is really active. We've had a lot of people joining lately. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has been coming with us. And also a big thank you, everyone out there for our Patreon. You know, we would not be up here week after week after week without your guys' support, support of listening, support of rating us, or support of subscribing to us. You know, that's one of the great things about talking with you guys and everything is the communication we get between everybody. And our patrons are out there, and you could sign up for our Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network doesn't get much easier than that we got all original programming up there a new episode of the eso network riffs is coming up very soon and we're going to be doing green lantern yes folks that classic with ryan reynolds before deadpool should be a lot of interesting fun so we got some great things going on and it's available exclusively to our patrons Thank you, patrons, for listening to us and joining with us and such. So we got some great things to talk about this week, so we better get started. All right, Mr. Mike Gordon, what do we got for Ransom and Raves this week?
2: Well, for Ransom Raves, it's kind of been on my mind lately because, you know, last week was the ESO Book Club, which uh, we talked about a book that hasn't been made into a movie yet, uh, which, oddly enough, that surprised us, uh, especially with the subject matter and everything. And, of course, this week we're talking about a series that you know uh is really tied to the books and so much so that it's it's actually uh past the books and and now uh came up with quote unquote its own ending and uh you know we'll see what happens when the books come out so there's strong strong ties if between... the books come out well yeah that's a good good point um so there's strong ties between the uh the books and 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 the TV series here Um, And I'm kind of curious, Mike, is can you ever think of a time where uh, because everybody says like the book is better than the movie, the book's better than the movie. And there's tons of examples of that. Um, And uh, feel free to to name a couple if you like. But I have. uh, What about what about the opposite? Have you ever seen a movie that you're like, you know what? That was better than the book.
1: Oh, I know it's tricky that is tricky you, you caught me on that one yeah uh,
2: i will say that um you know just to start off and i'll give you some time to think um uh i uh i think from high school uh i was i read um actually i think i saw the movie first i saw the movie uh, the hunger with david bowie and Catherine Deneuve, and um uh, I really thought it was atmospheric. I thought it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, and uh, it fit into my pseudo-Goth mentality at the time. And uh, And so, yeah, I really liked it. So I liked it so much, I was like, I'm going to read the book by, I think it was Whitley Stryber. Um, and the book was terrible. <laughs> it was just terrible. Um, I, like, I don't remember much of it now. But I remember at the time, I was just like, oh, this is, uh, yeah, this is not not what I like at all. So, um, that was disappointing. Um, there's been times where I think, you know, when we talked about last year, when we talked about ready player one, I actually thought that the movie did a couple things. I won't say the movie. I'm not going to say the movie was better than the book. I'm not going to do that. But I do think that there was a couple things where the movie improved on the book. Um, so, and I've seen, you know, obviously we've seen that happen. Um, but I don't know if you've got, um, You've got some examples of of movies or TV series that are inspired by the books, and yet were like actually better.
1: Well, you know, I hate to say it, I loved reading the book, you know, "One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest," mm. but I really felt like the movie did it more justice, and I felt like you know Jack Nicholson. Captured, you know, the lead character more of McMurtry and McMurphy, sorry. And I enjoyed seeing, you know, all like Chief and, you know, all the different characters come to life. And for that, for me, I always felt like that's where it surpassed the book if that makes any sense. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Good call. I mean, I'd I'd read the book, but it's been so long. I don't remember being one way or the other about it. Um, I can't remember which I did first. Now in school, we would read the books and then like, we would see the movie, like we would have a book to read and then they would show us like the movie. Um, Like as if to say like, okay, well here's a different interpretation of what you just read.
1: Really? Okay. Was there any comic adaptation that you thought was better than the actual source material?
2: Well, um I I will say that I don't know if I can say that it's like the it's better, but I will say that like there are there are characters that I enjoy. Like I enjoy the Deadpool movies a lot. Okay. But I I don't enjoy the Deadpool comics at all. Okay. Uh, that so sense. that's a that's a pretty good example I think of. And I don't really like the X book. Like I don't really read the X books very much. Um, I never have. But the X-Men movies I think are okay. Uh, some are way better than others. Uh, but um, uh, I haven't, you know, like been torn up about it. Now, I do think, you know, obviously, and we're seeing, you know, a little bit of that happening, well, maybe a lot of it happening with uh, Game of Thrones, which was recently happening, is that, you know, a lot of people have, you know, certain ideas in the book that happens and then if it doesn't, you know, if it's not exactly the way either it is in the book or the way they picture it or et cetera, et cetera, then, you know, then they get really upset and they call it a failure. And then others just like other adaptations are like, we are inspired by it, but we're not going to hold it. Because what's the point of doing a completely like a like faithful adaption? Because you're going to know what everything that
1: happens. Oh, of course. But, you know, here's one that the only thing pretty much is the name of the book was the same thing as the movie that it came out. The Running Man
2: with Arnold oh, right. Schwarzenegger. Yep.
1: 'Cause that was a Richard Bachman book, hence Stephen King. And basically the only thing that was this pretty much the same is that it was a game show and that, you know, basically it was called The Running Man. But you know, in the book, it takes the characters and they have to run across country. It's just not on a TV set like, you know, or a course like it was in the movie. And I think the movie captured it a lot better and was more compelling.
2: Movie's tons of fun. It's got one of my favorite exchanges in it because uh, Richard Dawson plays such a good villain in it. And, uh, and you know, uh, there's a scene where Arnold's about to, they're about to like throw him into the game and he just looks at, you know, Richard Dawson's character and he goes, I'll be back, which is a typical thing for, you know, Arnold to say.
1: Oh, of course.
2: And and, and Richard Dawson just looks at him and says, only in reruns and then puts, puts the lever and then <laughs> and then shoves him down. And I'm like, that is, that's a good, that's a good retort. That's one of the best retorts I've ever heard. Um, so, uh, yeah, I I have not read. The uh, the book that that was based on, so I couldn't tell you which is. Uh, I will say, I love. <laughs> this is going to seem blasphemous to real sci fi people. We're probably going to lose any real sci fi people that we have listening to this. Um, but uh, I will say that um, uh, I love, love, love the movie Blade Runner. I would put it easily uh, in my top five movies of all time. Um, and uh, but the book was really difficult uh do androids dream of electric sheep was very difficult for me to get through i might have read it too young uh i think i that's another one i read when i was in junior high or high school um and maybe i maybe if i tackled uh some philip k dick now um i would be uh more open to it but man at the time i was just like what is this
1: Oh, of course. No, I could totally understand that. And it's interesting because, you know, you have things that are taken from short stories and then expanded into full movies. Look at uh, what they did with The Body. It's another Stephen King book. And that was a short story. And it became Stand By Me.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the most famous examples is also uh, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes is a short story by Rod Serling. No, no, I'm sorry. No. It's a short story by some French dude, right? I can't remember his name. And then I think Sterling adapted it for the movie. And Sterling adapted it for the movie, and then it became like a huge thing. But, uh, yeah, it's just that whole franchise is based on a little short story or novelette by a French guy. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) But I hope he got paid. I hope his family and he got paid because yeah, that started a whole thing.
1: Oh, of course. And you know, there's so many that we can go into that were, you know, started and then gained huge success in, you know, the books. well, from the movies here, Here's, here's
2: here's kind of the thing that I was thinking, because this kind of spawned last, uh, last week when we were talking about this perfect day and I'm not saying it's my choice, but uh, I figure the way that we the, the end this is, can you think, is there anything that a book that you've read that you just think, this has to be in a movie at some point.
1: Ooh, that's well, I don't think they've me- ever made a proper movie of catcher on the rye. I
2: don't think they've made one. Have they? I don't think Mm-mm. they, I don't think they can. I think Salinger is uh, all his stuff is like, no, you cannot adapt it. Um, uh, no,
1: which so. I, th- and I think it would make a wonderful movie if done right. Sure. And you know, I think that that would have been great. Uh, they never made a book on Neuromancer, or the book Neuromancer. Yeah, never made they never made a movie off of it.
2: Yeah, and that's a that that's that's like the birth of of cyberpunk. I would love to see a version of that. Uh, good call on that one. Um, another one I can think of, and this is like really slight. It's not like really deep or anything, but um, uh, I really uh, love the uh, John Gardner. Uh, James Bond book no one nobody lives forever and I thought it would make a great movie and they've never done it uh, I think they only really adapt the Fleming stuff but now that you know that's tapped out uh, I would love to see the plot of that one adapted into a James Bond movie I think it would be phenomenal because oh
1: uh, I agree completely it's, it's
2: really cool it's it's like it's it's one of the better James Bond books that I can remember reading that wasn't by Fleming. So
1: no, another one, you know, real quick, cause I know we're running out of time um, that I would love to do was our very first ESO network book club replay. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm really
2: surprised with both Re, uh, replay and this perfect day that they, neither one of them have been made into movies yet. I mean, they seem like they're prime and ready.
1: Well, they've, totally you know with that tom cruise movie that they did where and even groundhog day kind of sort of yeah, was sure. kind of the same thing with replay yeah
2: kind of but i don't think they've really explored it like to that extent so so um so yeah that's some that's some good stuff i mean obviously uh you know i think there's a there's still a fairly strong relationship between books and movies i think the the cool thing about what we've seen recently with harry potter and game of thrones is that there's still a really cool relationship between book series and movie series. And um, it's kind of fun to explore that. And it's really cool when something can inspire people to go out and pick up a book.
1: Oh, of course. And, you know, look at what they just did with the uh, Spider-Man movie uh, last December. And, you know, with bringing Miles Morales to life. Mm -hmm. You know, bringing the ultimate Spider-Man. And, you know, this is like someone you never thought you'd see. And it was awesome to see, and I hope they make tons of Miles Morales movies as Peter and Peter Parker as the mentor type thing. Maybe. It'd be interesting to see. <laughs> so it could be a lot of fun. We definitely want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at EarthStation One at ESO dot com and let us know what you guys think. What kind of, you know, books would be great as movies that haven't been done yet. We definitely would love to hear for because you know i was really looking forward to ready player one and we got it were we happy were we sad some ways yes but you know but there's a ton of other ones that haven't been made yet definitely send us a list it'd be a fun discussion one time on the podcast or even as a bonus show or something so if you send us you know your list we'll actually even have you maybe appear on the podcast to talk all about it With that being said, let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back in a moment, and we are talking all about the final season of Game of
3: Thrones.
4: Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. Well, hopefully all of you survived watching the series finale of Game of Thrones this week. I'm embarrassed to admit that I still haven't seen a single episode of the show, but now that it's finished airing, I'm looking forward to actually diving in and starting to watch this. Hopefully you found it satisfying, maybe, maybe not, been seeing a lot of back and forth on social media, and of course by the time I finish watching this series, everybody will probably be moving on to some other pop culture thing, but Anyway, enough about Game of Thrones, let's talk about movies coming to theaters this weekend. I kind of feel like I'm one of the few people who are maybe actually excited for Disney's live-action Aladdin movie. Um, Been hearing more meh buzz about this movie online, but I'm looking forward to it. Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney animated movies, and even though not everyone seems to be a fan of the Disney live-action movies, I actually kind of like them. I think it's a unique way to tell a familiar story. I think the best live action adaptations like the Cinderella movie a couple years ago find a way to kind of capture the magic of the animated movie, but also tell the story through a different lens or change some of the plot points. So hopefully Aladdin will kind of follow along those lines. It's being directed by Guy Ritchie, which is an interesting choice and I think this movie will kind of hinge on the portrayal of the genie. Of course, the animated movie has an iconic performance by Robin Williams. I think that this will be difficult to translate to live action, so I'm kind of nervous to see how this goes, but I'm looking forward to giving it a chance. Hopefully, it'll be a fun, feel-good movie. It looks like it's tracking for maybe $100 opening weekend over the Memorial Day holiday, which is a little bit higher than I might have guessed based on the online buzz, so... This one could play well to families and kids over the weekend. Will be interesting to see what happens here. We also have a horror sci-fi movie called Brightburn, which is kind of a reverse Superman story, which features an alien child who comes to Earth but becomes something dangerous rather than a superhero we all look up to like Superman. So definitely sounds like a unique, interesting take. We also have a comedy called Booksmart, about two friends getting ready to graduate high school who suddenly panic and realize they've spent so much time studying and trying to succeed that they didn't really stop to have fun so kind of a good tie-in maybe as we get really into graduate lots of graduations here finally on DVD this week we have how to train your dragon the hidden world if you haven't gotten a chance to see that yet and want to get caught up on that series I know I've only seen the first one I need to get back around to watch this. There's just too much good content these days. It's hard to keep up with everything. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment related content, be sure to check out my blog, boxofficebuzzab.wordpress.com.
5: The PWR Spot
1: Show is on the air every single week for your wrestling listening pleasure. We talk about professional wrestling. None of that fake stuff here. Just Hulk Hogan, pile drivers, and cage matches. So join us at the ProWrestlingRoundtable.com or on ESOnetwork.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it's time for the main topic, and we are talking all about Game of Thrones, the final season.
2: Yes, winter has come and gone, and uh, it's hard to believe that it's been over, because it's almost been, wow, it's been the better part of a decade, really, uh, with this show. And... uh, and we have some great people to talk about the last and final season of Game of Thrones on HBO. Um, first, let me welcome back to the station after way too long of an absence. Uh, Tara, Tara, welcome back, the organizer of Ice and Fire Con.
6: Yeah, hey guys, glad to be back. I feel like uh, we just, we've never met on the time frames uh, for a while now, so it's, it's exciting to be with you again.
2: Yes, and it's great to have you with us. Um, and also, uh, transmissions from Atlantis or Westeros or Gallifrey, or I don't know
5: where they're transmitting from tonight, but, uh, <laughs> we have
2: Jason and Rita with us.
4: Hello! Hey,
5: everybody. I tried to convince Rita to do a transmissions from Westeros episode, <laughs> and she gave me an evil look, and I was like... And oh. I
3: said, nope! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, uh, certainly there's a lot to talk about. So um, I guess we'll just start with overall impressions with the final season, taking all six episodes as a whole and and sort of at your expectations as far as, um, you know, where they met or are you happy? Um, and, and we'll start with you, Tara. Uh,
6: yeah, so it's been kind of a roller coaster this season. Um... I, I, having been a book reader for a while before I saw the show, I was, yeah, I, I, I've had my ups and downs of the show for a while, but I kind of had reached the Zen point of, you know, there are two different things and I can enjoy this separately. Um, but yeah, th- this season was quite a roller coaster. It was like, you know, it started out okay. The first episode, it wasn't, it wasn't amazing, but it, it you know, it was good. Um, and then, you know, the second and third episodes were awesome and, uh, the fourth and the fifth just kind of, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's just, they weren't that great. Uh, that, and that's, that's putting it nicely. Um, you know, so, so by the time we got to this last episode, I was kind of, I was out of my Zen mode, but also just wanting it to be over, I think, in a way. Uh, and, and in the end, I, I was just kind of so shocked by the way they went with certain things that I, I, it was, it's very bittersweet, honestly.
2: I, I, have talked to a few people about, uh, you know, it, it's finally over. And the, the most common word I hear from people that now that it's over is relief.
6: <laughs> Cause it was,
2: it was kind of stressful. Uh, and it seemed like it was really stressful this, this season in particular.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, it's, and I think a big part of that was it really did start off so well. And then it just took this sort of nosedive, um, you know, that, that I just, I, and, and you don't have time to recover from it, really, because there's only the three episodes left, and it's like, bam, 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 and they're done. So, you know, there's been seasons, you know, previous seasons where they had bad episodes, Um and you know, ignoring the entirety of season five other than hard home um <laughs> you know but but yeah it, it, yeah it was it was it's it's a little bit relief, it's still sad though, uh because like you said it it's been the better part of a decade, and uh its it's been such a big part of you know so many people's lives, including mine,
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure like h b o is really sad that they lost a lot of subscribers <laughs> uh, on Monday morning. Um, (laughs) uh, Rita, what about you? What's your overall impression, uh, with going into eight and then at the end?
3: Well, I felt like the series, um, I'm sorry, the season was rushed and which is understandable. They only had six episodes, but I still think that it was well written. And even though I know a lot of people have been complaining about the writing, but I still think a lot of it was brilliant with the time constraints that they had. You know, obviously they didn't have the funding to do more than six episodes. Okay, what can you do within those six episodes and still try to uh, wrap up uh, everybody's storylines? And yeah, there were some... Uh, moments, especially, you know, in episodes four and five that I, I didn't care for. Uh, but I think the overall season was written well, even though I felt it was rushed.
2: Can I just also just piggyback on that, too? I think and especially I don't know how many of you watch like the behind the scenes stuff, but I have to say, I think this is regardless of story, characters, where it goes, et cetera. I, this is one of the best made shows, I think, ever. Uh, The amount of talent that are putting these shows together from everything from sound design to set design to costumes to to music to to directing and everything. I just like it is top notch all the way.
4: And, and, Um,
3: And I will say this, the music for this last season, I think, has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the,
2: it's sort of yeah. a, has provided a lot of emotion that like sometimes the scene itself isn't giving you <laughs> yeah.
6: the, the music honestly, for this show has always been on point.
5: Yeah. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to piggyback on what Rita was saying. In fact, I've all season long, I've been kind of the champion of the writers for, uh, uh, for season eight, because I feel like they're getting kind of like a raw deal. Be- you know, it's not their fault that George didn't finish, you know, the winds of winter or, or the, you know, the fifth and sixth books or sixth and six, seven, and seven. six and seven books. Sorry. Uh, it's not their fault that he, you know, he hasn't finished the, those stories. And to be honest, they started diverging away from the books a long time ago. So, you know, it's not, uh, it's been their story for a while now. So people are kind of coming at them as, as if this was the only season that it doesn't follow. The book, And that's absolutely not true. Um, In addition to that, they had an impossible task of trying to find an ending uh, to so many different storylines, but they were only given six episodes to do it in. And in in a way, uh, I I don't know if they were prepared to do that. So, yeah, a lot of it did feel very rushed. But was it poor? I I don't think so. The White Walker uh, resolution was absolutely stunning. I mean, that, that episode had me at the edge of my seat the entire freaking episode. Yeah.
3: But is it because we couldn't see it? And so we were at the edge of our <laughs> seat. <laughs> so <are we> gonna- <laughs> yeah, maybe,
5: maybe so, or maybe we just need a new TV. I don't know, but oh, no.
6: <laughs> we, we watched it on a very, like it actually aired during ice and fire con this year. We watched it on a very, very nice, uh, you know, professional projector and, it, you know, the a giant screen, like a 10 by 10 screen. And, and all of us were kind of like half the time just could not, you know, what's going on. Who's, who's that? Yeah, it was, a, it
5: was <laughs> a little rough, but I think, I mean, obviously, I think that was a director choice. And I think they went, they went that way just to kind of hype up the mystery and hype up the, the scare factor of, you know, out of nowhere comes you know one of the White Walkers you know about to bite your face off and it's kind of like
3: well well you also got to think of it this way by the end of that episode you weren't sure uh, until the next episode who really survived
1: right well, exactly yeah th- that was one of the great things about it and I didn't was one of those people who didn't mind the darkness because I think tell me if I'm wrong that they were trying to go for what the people who were there were trying to experience fighting basically in the
5: dark. Yeah, exactly. And, And I, and I think that they achieved that. Unfortunately, at the same time, we also kind of want to see what what's happening to our favorite characters. <laughs> so I think
2: it's yeah. I think there's a fair compromise that could be made. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, when the when the lighting guys like they would only have candles here, so that's yeah. all we're going to use
5: to light the scene. But but um, you know, in Lord of the Rings, the Battle of Helm's Deep, it was raining, it was dark, and they still we still were able to see every damn thing that was happening.
2: Did you, did so, you hear <laughs> the story about that though? There's, there's a great story about that where Sean, uh, what's his name? Sean Sean Aston. Right sean Aston asked the director like where's this light source coming from that's hitting me <laughs> and the director said the same place the music's coming from now just get to hit you
5: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but, but uh you know i thought that was obviously the high point of the season and it, i never saw the resolution coming uh the way that they they did it and that was fantastic um Episode four was kind of one of those episodes that were were just kind of uh, setting up uh, the, the tension for the epicness of episode five. And yes, I do say epicness because, you know, frankly, they have been setting up Mad Queen for for years since season two. In fact, in season two, Danny basically said, you know, once I get to King's Landing, I'm burning everybody. Mm-hmm. exactly you said it you know so you know for for you know internet to be totally shocked and you know enter the you, you can put up the pikachu shocked emoji you know <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> come on now i mean it's it's
1: ridiculous this is well been, exactly been, uh, and even Tyrion, even Tyrion said it you know in this last yeah. episode you know yes she took out the slavers they were evil. She took out the, you know, the highbrow people, you know, and, but they were evil who decides they're evil or not, you know, and you know, who do, who is it going to be? Everyone's going to be evil until they bend a knee to her, you know,
3: well, totally. and you got to also remember in that last episode, when she was talking to John and she says that I do, you know, what's good. And then he says, well, what about other people who think they're doing good? And her response to that was, it's not for them to decide.
5: And I think that is the point where John basically just like, had to do what he had to do. <laughs> and, John's like, "All right, now enough." <laughs> and and so with episode six, for forty five minutes of episode six, it was the tension was amazing. Like at the very beginning of the episode, when you have no music at all and you're just kind of seeing Tyrion walk through the the dead, and it's just it was just so gut wrenching, and you could you could feel his pain of seeing the place that he loved absolutely obliterated and knowing that the, the queen that he adored, the queen that he respected did this, you know, the conflict, you could feel it within him. I thought it was and that. And obviously the cinematography was absolutely unbelievable. And so for, for, like I said, the first 45 minutes of that episode, absolute brilliance, then stuff started to go
2: sideways. <laughs> <laughs>
5: And and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't know how far we'll go into it. I don't know how how you want to do spoiler, Mike. But uh, well, we are.
2: Yeah, well, this is a spoiler podcast. So, okay, yeah, great. So, you know, we're well, all yeah. about spoilers. So. Great.
5: Okay. So so then right. uh, so then yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll get into the the left turn.
2: Sure, sure,
5: sure. Um,
2: so overall, Mike, what about you?
1: Overall, I'm going to have to agree with you know pretty much what everyone said. I thought you know with what the writers were given and had to wrap up, they had a huge, huge thing to do. And I thought the first four episodes were amazing. And, you know, when you had the battle, you know, with the ice walkers, and it was just, I was literally on my edge of my couch, and Judy was right next to me, and she was like, I can't watch this. I can't see this. And then when... Area came out and killed the, you know, the Ice King. I was just like, you know, I literally screamed, Holy, you know, at the top of my lungs. I could not believe it. And it was, it was just amazing. And, you know, I was just like watching it and seeing this whole thing play out. And I felt like I was experiencing it like I was there. I was just like, I was worn out. I thought, okay, this is where the Ice King wins. And then he goes down to King's Landing and takes over and sits on the Iron Throne at the end. And, you know, just to see what happens there. And so, to be quite
5: honest, that would have been a better ending than what we got.
1: Sorry. <laughs> see, I didn't, I didn't mind the ending. I actually thought, you know what, compared to what they could have done, I thought, you know, life goes on. This is, you know, everyone goes their own way and does their thing. I didn't want to see it, Danny and John together, living and making little, you know, Targaryen John. babies and stuff.
3: John babies. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. You know, because yeah. there are people out there that wanted that, and you know, you well, also had people,
5: you if, know, and if they if they wanted that, they have no idea about how George R.R. Martin writes his books. No. <laughs> so, I, I There do, was not going to be a happy ending to Game of Thrones.
1: No, I was not expecting a happy ending at all. You know, I've I've experienced the Red Wedding. I've experienced, you know, the Battle of Winterfell. I've experienced, you know, the Battle of the Bastards over the years. And, you know, there was never a happy ending. As I always told people when they said, hey, should we watch Game of Thrones? I said, sure, but just don't get attached to anybody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, and it's like, you know, the best part about the very end was, you know, John got reunited with Ghost. You know, it was awesome. But, you know, Judy was like, the dog, you know, of course, but, you know, but, you know, we, we enjoyed it. And, you know, I didn't think the ending was as bad as people were saying it was. And I, you know, there's a zillion ways it could have ended. With John on the, th- you know, on the throne or whatever's left of the molten rock of it, um, I thought that scene with the dragon was amazing. You know, when you know when he realized that you know Danny had been killed by John, but it wasn't really even John that killed Danny; it was the throne, and he destroyed the throne and then took her and flew off. I thought that was very Adipo. I thought that would have been a great ending right there.
3: Well, and it shows you just how intelligent the dragon really is. Because oh, exactly. stands that it was her political ambition that got her killed.
5: Yeah. And and, and, and the throne wasn't enough for her, you know, she still wanted more. And it was like, and I think that was kind of the point where John was like, you know, uh, how much how much death and destruction will will she will satisfy her and it never was going to end it was just going to continue on and on and on and she was already had sights on Winterfell so it was kind of like uh you know he had to do what he had to do there was there was no other option uh I mean if if it if it were me I don't know if I would have had John do it I would have probably had Arya do it and then John could have taken the throne but uh yeah it was just going to be kind of it, it, there was no scenario that i could see where danny ends up staying on the iron throne oh fact, no
1: I, not at all you know,
5: no not of, after kind of not sad. after
1: episode 5
5: and it was kind of sad cuz she got close and she touched the throne but she never <laughs> got to sit on it
1: nope but it, it was interesting too because if like how you said you would have preferred to see arya take out you know danny but I don't think that scene with the dragon would have ended the same way if Arya right. would have done it. Right. Sure. Sure.
2: I, um, I overall, I, I was going into, you know, obviously there's a lot of expectations and I had, you know, tried to try to keep mine at bay, but, um, I mean, yeah, I don't envy, uh, Benioff and Weiss at all with what they had to do. Although I do kind of envy them cause I'd love to have done this myself. Um, but, um, But no way, like, the the ultimate question, which was who's going to end up on the Iron Throne, there was no way that that answer was going to satisfy everybody. Um, And so um, I I kind of, you know, I don't know exactly how, you know, I've heard stories and rumors about how much uh, that they got from Martin as far as where he was going. Right. So we don't know how much of this is going to play out the same way in the books. Um, okay. uh, if, if at all,
5: if he ever finishes the books, uh-huh. he's definitely. going. To that's change. true. That's true. He's definitely going to change it. Uh,
2: from, uh, well, that's the other thing too. He mean like, uh, well, I had that written that, but that didn't work at all. So I'm going to, I'm going to rewrite. <laughs> <you>. uh, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he has a, he has a, 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 like a rough draft already out there for people to, to spot. um, but I will say that this season and yes it it was condensed it was like they they had um at least a twelve episode season to 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 of story to tell in six, so there's a lot of shortcuts you know instead of like and we're not used to that with Game of Thrones, usually Game of Thrones goes a. Hey. To A one to A two mm-hmm. to like to B finally to you know and it keeps going where we go in season six it's like A to Y <laughs> like, <it's laughs> like, like we're taking shortcuts all over the place and yeah. and that and you have to fill in the gaps um, and that's not very I mean in one case it's in some cases it's in inter- it's kind of interactive because you're like filling in the blanks for yourself but in other cases it's kind of annoying because you're like. this character doesn't seem like, I I don't know why they're doing what they're doing because they haven't given me enough for this character. And I'm not talking about Danny here because I think there is a lot of evidence for what Danny did, although there could have been more. um, But they don't get to do, they didn't get to do a lot of, uh, like a lot of the prep work, a lot of the character work that they were known for in other seasons. Um, So the decision to make it six episodes and go all out, while you know, I think they had sort of a compromise on their part, but I think in the end it might have hurt them a little bit more than they thought it might. Well,
1: the one plus with that, Mikey, is that the episodes were longer,
2: but not by much. Yeah. Only a couple of them were really long. Most of them were like an an hour or just over. Like the first couple.
1: So well, I think starting only- with starting with the battle of of Winterfeld, that was almost two hours.
2: Yeah, that one was well over an hour and then I think the one after that was just
1: I think it was over 70 it was 79 minutes and the last one was 80.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, it's not a lot. It's not like, you know, I mean, we're not getting 3-hour episodes, you know. Yeah,
6: <laughs> but, and I mean, even like season uh season 7, they only had 8 episodes and I'm pretty sure most of them were over an hour and only by like 5 to 10 minutes, but that adds up.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so every scene has to mean something, right? So every, you know, where scenes, because there are scenes where I'm like, I would like to, you know, uh, Aria, her journey, especially towards the end. You know, I, I think they were trying to suggest that, you know, by the end of episode five, she's done with revenge. She's done with killing. She's seen what it can do. Uh, both with um, the Hound and with uh, Danny going nuts, and so she's done with it. So uh, by the by, the episode six, she can't. She's not the one to kill anybody because that's not her thing anymore. Sure. Um, but yet they didn't take us there th- as much as I would have liked them to take us there. Um, um, and and so you know, I'm like, really, you could have had a scene between like that scene between her and John could have gone in, like another two or three minutes where he could have you know she could have been like you're going to have to be the one to do it because i'm not i don't do that anymore or something yeah. like that and and you know we would have had that that element with both of those characters and then instead of you know instead of like a 5 minute scene where we watch Tyrion rearrange chairs like i was like <laughs> i mean i mean like <clears throat> look Look, I love Peter Dinklage as much as the next guy. Like, and I think he's amazing. And yes, I normally under normal circumstances I will sit and pay money HBO money to watch Peter Dinklage, like rearrange chairs. But in this case, I was kind of like, really, was that a really good use of the time here? <laughs> because we don't have a lot left. But all right, so let's get to let's get to talk about things that we we really like. So, what Tara, was there something in this last season uh, overall that you really thought was, like, you're satisfied with, that, that you really enjoyed it, was, like, a, a really high moment for you?
6: Um... I mean, it's, it's honestly like episode two, episode three was, was great, but episode two, which was just like, I actually like, I had to watch it twice to decide, you know, did I like, like this okay? Or did I really, really like this, but just the, it's as cheesy as it was at times, like the bringing all of the characters together and like letting them have, you know, so many of them have those moments, um, not knowing, you know, who was going to live and who was going to die. And honestly, assuming a lot more people were going to die, uh, the, the, it was that, that pretty much episode as a whole was just really great. Um, and then like, there were several moments in the finale that I'd say about three, maybe four that I was just, I just really, really loved where they went with you know, certain things, but like top would have to be Sansa as queen in the North.
4: Like this is something
6: I have been dreaming about for a long time, like before I even watched the show. So to see it realized was, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's cool. I And I really, that's, uh, I, you know, there was a scene where they're going around uh, around uh, and saying an I, right? For a brand. Um, everybody's like, I, I, I. Like, The whole room is like, I. And then it gets to Sunset. and she's like, she's like like, bro i love you but (laughs) and i was like oh wow yeah she's uh yeah she's her own she's her own thing so now um i don't i and i don't understand you know i don't uh know the history of it but my understanding of it and i think when the show starts are they independent is is north independent or the north was independent before the show no started?
6: it was it was long before it, i uh Torin stark uh kneeled to Aegon the conqueror you know oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, like right basically right. instead of you know his his people being slaughtered by dragon fire and everything he he was the only i'm pretty sure the only king who actually like said you know what? i'm not going to do this to my people i'm kneeling instead um you know so it it but but I mean, North, the the North has always lived their own like lived their own ways, lived their own life. You know, nights aren't a big thing up there. They're they're really you know cut off from the rest of the world. Um, it's a very very long you know trip by boat to White Harbor, or you know through dangerous waters, or you have to travel through the the swamps of the neck and and whatnot. So they they were you know part of the Seven Kingdoms, but they. Lived a lot of the time, or a lot of their ways, as like an independent place. So it was just kind of to finally see, you know, them them go back to being what they really always should have been. Uh, were it not for Egg and the Conqueror, was was very, very uh, satisfying.
2: I, I and I do agree. I think uh, Sansa's arc throughout uh, the last season and and through the whole show. I mean, she's probably. Changed the most out of out of probably all the characters from the first episode to the last uh, I think probably had the most growth oh yeah
5: she's definitely had some growth. i
2: mean obviously she's paid the i mean it was it came at a steep price yeah. um,
1: she's matured <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> Mentally.
2: Um, yeah but uh, uh okay so uh Rita, what about you what uh what's something that uh you really are satisfied with uh, in season eight
3: um that's a tough. One. Uh, c- can I say I was very satisfied when John killed Danny? Sure, sure. Uh, I- I'm sorry, but she had to die. <laughs> <laughs> and and now, were you th-
2: th- were you thinking that before the heel turn, before episode five?
3: Um. No. Okay. No, it it, it was uh, during episode five. As soon as those bells started ringing and you saw that look on her face, you knew she was going nuts, mm-hmm. plain and simple. And from that moment on, I realized she had to die. And that's why I thought the writing was brilliant because to that point, you know, most of the Game of Thrones fans, especially the people who probably never read the books, you know, were like, oh, it's always got to be Danny and John. They need to get married and and rule Westeros and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no. Hmm. It's not going to work out the way you guys think. You guys have fallen in love with this character. And, you know, I I can understand why it feels like a betrayal. But it's like Jason said, in a way, it's the signs have always been there.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree with you completely, Rita. It has been there. And you could see it even on her face when John told her in the crypt right before the battle, her face completely changed.
3: Oh yeah. She, he should have never told her anything (laughs) because the second uh, he said a word about it, he was a threat, plain and simple.
5: Yep. Yep. She was like, I love you, but now I got to kill you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's like, who, who's going to kill? You know which first? And thankfully, Jon got there first.
5: And, and exactly. what was it? What was it? Seriously said in the in season one, where you know, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. So
3: oh, hey, uh, can I change my mind about you know wh- which was the best part for me? Go ahead. The best part for me was at the end of the last episode when Jon got together with his good boy.
5: Uh-huh.
6: With
1: with ghost, yes, <laughs> yeah. You and Judy are the same one. Oh, God, <laughs> God uh, two peas in a pod. At least it wasn't a
5: bunny.
6: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think I was just so jaded from the fact that he left Ghost without.
5: Oh, I know, right? I was so mad. <laughs> at yeah, him. I like. I I
6: still was like, I when that happened, I was like, Ghost, no, he doesn't
3: deserve you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go to the north, Ghost. Go to the north.
3: You're a good
1: boy. You're a good boy, Ghost. I think
2: uh I think one of the uh funny the, the most like the thing I enjoy watching about John is that I mean, you know, early on, you know, that became like a meme that you know nothing, Jon Snow. And I'm like, man, they really like take that to heart because he is just dumb. Like, <laughs> 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 like, like, like he's just like, you know, like he tells he tells uh, Danny, and then that's one thing. And then he promises Danny he's not going to tell anybody else. And then he goes tell somebody else. And then yeah. you know, even in episode six, after he kills Danny, the next thing we know he's in jail. And I'm like, how did he end up in jail? Oh, he probably went out and told everybody. Yep.
3: Yeah, because if you think about it, right? <laughs> uh, the dragon flew off with Danny. There was nobody else there to witness him actually stabbing her. Right. How did they even know it was him in the first place? Oh, it's John. It it. is
6: John. (laughs) John
1: You know
3: he told them. He He knows
1: nothing. (laughs) He knows (laughs) nothing.
6: (laughs) He probably marched (laughs) himself right to Grey Worm and was like, yeah, I just killed Daenerys. Take me, take me in. (laughs)
2: Uh, Jon Snow is more Ned Stark than Ned Stark. (laughs) (laughs) He is like the Ned Starkiest of all the Stark kids.
1: And he's not even really Ned Stark's kid. You know, something I was interested interested in thinking about, though, would John be immune to the fire, just like Danny was? Uh,
2: well, I well, he must we he must he was going to say he must have thought so because there were two times this season where he stood up and was prepared to get blasted by dragon fire.
3: Well, um, obviously, that question will never be answered, but <laughs> uh, Drogo could have set him aflame and not the throne but i think the dragon also recognized him as a targaryen which is why he, the dragon decided you know to just not forgive him but you know leave him alone and place the blame somewhere else yeah,
5: p- place the blame on where it belonged on the throne because that's what everybody's always fighting for so if there mm-hmm. is no throne in the dragon's mind <laughs> none of this will ever happen again yeah the, the dragon knows the dragon knows what's up They should have made the Dragon King. That would have been a better ending (laughs) than what we got.
2: Well, I mean, and
6: and they're like, actually, Fire and Blood, the book that was recently released, is like kind of a good like add on to the whole, you know, Drogon not killing Jon thing, you know, because, yes, it had to have been because he recognized that he was a Targaryen. But, I mean, historically, the dragons have still burned Targaryens, um, like attacked them. You know, for one reason or another, but usually it was either because they were wild, and you know, they were, somebody was trying to catch and ride them, or because the their, the person who rode them was still alive and was angry at the person that the dragon then attacked. So it's, it's. I think it's like a very just signs of that very deep connection. You know, that also probably allows Drogon to understand more about Daenerys's downfall than like you know you'd think about. If, 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 if we hadn't seen that on screen, I don't think I ever would have really thought like that he would under you know, that a dragon would understand something like that. But, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to, to think about.
2: Yeah, I know one thing's for sure. When John did go out and tell that uh, what he had done, he didn't tell Grey Worm because Grey Worm would have killed him where he stood. <laughs> like he must have told <laughs> somebody that instantly locked him away because right. I'm like, like, how
5: does Grey Worm like not just kill him? Oh yeah. Grey Worm totally would have, would have killed John <laughs> for sure. Like, um, I'm surprised he didn't kill John or, And before, uh, they had the trial with Tyrion. Yeah. He looked like he just wanted to kill everybody. Yep. Uh, well, Jason, what about you? What, uh, what, uh, season eight, uh high point for you. So, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a big fan of the cinematography because I thought they really outdid themselves this year with some of the visuals that they came up with. Uh, the, the surprises uh, were were something else. Like for example, when when uh, I already talked about Arya, but uh, another huge surprise was when you know the first attack on on uh, King's Landing uh, when they're flying in and the Scorpions take out one of the dragons. I never saw that coming because the Scorpions were never really a threat because you know the the only time we had ever seen them was when uh, it was in that other battle. When when basically uh, they just she just wiped out the scorpions <laughs> like they were nothing. Uh, so to see one of the dragons fall after surviving the the Battle of Winterfell that was a shock, man. And uh, obviously uh, John taking out Danny was a huge shock in a in a sense that in the way that it happened, you know where. Uh, he embraces her, you know, kisses her, and then stabs her. That's not really the way that Jon Snow usually would take somebody out. It's usually a face-on battle, uh, not kind of, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say cowardly, but kind of, kind of just the way that he did it was kind of n- out of character, which is good for character growth, but at the same time just kind of weird. Well, uh, Wolverine does it all the time with his claws, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, uh, I think one of the things that I like about the one, you know, I just I just made fun of him. But I, one of the things I like about John is that it seems like like right in the in the first episode where uh, Ned is about to execute someone. And he's like, you have to make sure that you're the one that does it. And John takes that to heart throughout the whole series.
5: Yeah. Like if good. if there's
2: somebody that needs to be killed, like he will go and execute them. Right. And and I thought the last scene with him and Danny, I mean, he's looking right at her. Uh when he does it. And granted it's kind of a sneaky move, but still he's the guy that like he he's the one that's going to do it. He's not going to ask anybody else to do it. He's going to do it himself and he's going to look at the he's going to look them right in the eye when he does it.
5: Yeah, and what I really loved about that scene was that, you know, it was almost like he was begging her to come back off the off the off the cliff, you know, come on Danny, <laughs> you know, you know, you realize what you did was wrong. Let's let's, you know, calm he, let's he, calm down.
3: He, he was trying to give her a chance to uh, you know, for for a redemption, to to come back uh from this uh precipice that she's, you know,
5: Right, and and, and basically, uh, he gave her every opportunity to kind of say, "Okay, you know, I know I went too far this time. You know, let's we'll we'll dial it back a little bit, and and we'll start to rebuild together." And she was kind of saying that, but not in the way that John really wanted to hear it. So it was definitely one of those things where he, at, at some point, he just kind of realized there's no saving this. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Mike. What about you? High
2: Point
1: has the High Point this season for me has. I agree with Jason. The cinematography this season has just been spectacular. Just all the different scenes, all the different you know battles and battles, and then the whole attack on Winterfell, and then. You think, okay, they can't get much more than this. This is just amazing. And then comes King's Landing. You know, the dragon attacking, the armies going through the street and just slaughtering people, innocents, children, and seeing Arya trying to get that mother and daughter out. And, And failing. Yeah, and failing big time. And that was just horrible. And... You know, just that was just awesome to see the whole (laughs) (laughs) from a cinematography standpoint, (laughs) not that the death and everything.
3: You know, something that was really interesting about the whole King's Landing uh, battle scene was how they kept focusing on that one uh, mother with the short hair and the little girl. That's what he was just talking
1: about. Yeah, that's what I was just talking about.
3: Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's Okay. (laughs) that's okay, um
1: but yeah, so I just think there was just so many points in this. I love the interaction between everybody as they were building towards the war with the you know the ice king and the tension you were starting to feel through the first three episodes and then having the battle in the fourth, and it was just it was just amazing
5: yep and and I definitely have to mention that one shot. Uh, in episode six with uh, Danny just arriving with the dragon. And as she's walking <laughs> past the dragon, you see the dragon wings kind of just envelop her. And, and as if it's her wings, yep. that was one of the greatest cinematic shots that I've seen on a television show ever. Well, oh, God, yeah.
3: Not only was that an amazing scene, but it, it kind of uh, harkens back to the fact that she's gone off the deep end
5: yeah she's, now, and, and, she's and, and, now the dark queen and, and not,
3: it's exactly, and now yeah. she's become like this dark persona
5: yeah and, and it was interesting that they also cho- she also chose to dress in black for that particular uh you know speech or whatever you know where we've rarely seen her in darker clothing. it's usually she's the you know in lighter clothing um, so that that I thought was also an interesting choice to kind of make her feel like she's gone dark
1: basically she went all anakin skywalker
5: totally oh yeah
3: totally yep yeah
1: and Um, yeah so she even took out the younglings so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it, it was just it was amazing to see and that whole scene when she came off the dragon in the final episode and was walking and you saw her from the back yeah and her hair looked dark her outfit was dark and it was just like Oh, she's gone completely evil. You know, completely.
5: Does that make make John Obi wan You were you were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting my points. There
2: you go. That, that adds a whole new dynamic to the Obi wan Anakin relationship now. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh. My uh. Man, I did like a lot, and 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 I think towards the beginning. Of the season, uh, I, I definitely uh, agree with uh, Tara. Where I love the coming together of all these characters that we've known and have been separated, and and finding and seeing like we're being reminded of relationships that I that you hadn't seen in a couple of years and just forgot. You know, when when Tyrion and Sansa were together uh, on the wall of Winterfell, I was, and they started talking, I was like, oh yeah, they used to be married. <laughs> like I was like, mm-hmm. like that's like <laughs> and crazy. they
5: are great together.
2: Yeah, and, really are, and, and you you can and I you know I, I remember um, JMS uh, John Michael Zirzinski, uh creator of Babylon Five and everything once said uh, and it's a lesson that I've always uh, tried to remember when I write is that it, your characters you should be able to take two characters and put them in an elevator together and whatever they talk about should be interesting like that's that's how you know you've got interesting characters and the first. Two episodes, certainly the second episode in particular, I, I saw that that was like that was all was all about character. Um and I and I really and, and I think there was this dark cloud over it because of the you know, the battle that was coming. So um, you know, I and I like that scene. I like the scene between Danny and Sansa in that episode a lot. And I kind of feel like, man, if they just got a chance to have more scenes like that together, maybe she wouldn't have gone all dark, you know. Uh, but, um, so the, cause to me, Game of Thrones, even though it's well-produced and I like the dragons and the battles are awesome and everything like that, it's always about characters. And, uh, I think, you know, it was difficult in the last half of the season to reconcile where some of the characters were going. Like, it's almost like, it's like they had to move this piece on the board and they weren't allowed to like really tell us how that character was really going to get there. You know, I think so you'd saw like the decisions that Jamie and Arya and even Danny make and Tyrion make. You're kind of like Varys. You're kind of like, why are they doing this all of a sudden? But, you know, to their point there, there's a lot of stuff that's going on and it's taking like they're showing us clips, but they're making it clear that this, this six, this six episode season is happening over the course of, I don't know, months. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's sometimes there's weeks between like one scene to the other.
5: Um, So I think uh, think they did that at the end, too, because, I mean, you know, from from the moment when John kills Danny to uh, to the time when uh, when they have that little uh, trial thing or whatever it was, the council, uh, it all the snow had melted away. There was definitely a passage of time there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean even even up north you can see that the they're they're starting to uh like the trees are starting to blossom or the grass is starting to come out or whatever, you know? Like winter really is over. It's like telling us that yes, it's done. Um I, I, I appreciate little touches like that. So, um, all right. So now we're going to flip the, the coin a little bit and go with things that we are probably least favorite things that happened this season. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, let's try to keep it to, like, a short list. <laughs> are you, uh, yeah. The,
5: are we going for another hour, Mike?
2: <laughs> know, right, uh, but, uh, yeah. So and, and one in particular, Tara, what you got?
6: Um. My. Biggest one, like ignoring the rushed storylines and whatnot, sure. uh is and oh, and Duron's magic ballistas, um is is gonna be <laughs> the death of Jamie's uh character arc. Oh yes.
5: that was terrible.
1: Yeah. That he was bad. so
5: much and then oh, so disappointing. I
1: thought he was gonna kill his sister, truthfully.
6: I mean, and let's well, be real, in, in a way, well, and, and I think, like, I someone told me, and honestly, it's been a while since I've watched the, I can't even remember what season they even talked about the, the prophecy in, um, but uh, somebody told me or reminded me that they didn't actually have, like, the full prophecy about the Valonqar, like, wrapping his hands around her throat um, in the show, and I, to be honest, I haven't double-checked that yet, but I trust this person's judgment uh, or, or and memory enough to believe them. Uh, so, I mean, if they didn't have the prophecy, you know, then that's that's fine. And, and I guess in a way he did still kind of inadvertently, really Tyrion and Jamie both kind of inadvertently killed her by, you know, Tyrion setting Jamie free and telling him exactly how to get her out of the Red Keep and them dying, you know, on, you know, as they're following Tyrion's instructions on how to escape. But um, yeah, really, really, really the whole, the whole thing about him, uh, you know, aside from like him and Brienne uh, hooking up (laughs) to put it lightly, (laughs) like outside of that, you know, the, the whole idea of him leaving Cersei the way he did and going and fighting the way he did, you know, in the North and then just dropping everything to go back to her. Uh, and, 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 you know, I guess his, you know, his, his purpose being to save her and, or to at least be with her. It just, it, it doesn't ring true even to his arc in the show. Um, but it's, it's, it's not even a ghost of the way things are going in the books right now. Um, like I, I, I guess I will be absolutely shocked if that's actually what Martin has meant to happen all along, because in the books, he's he's even more separating himself from Cersei and his relationship with her. Not to say that he wouldn't go go to her at some point and, and you know, have a conversation or whatever, but I to go back to her and act like, you know, oh, well, you know, I love you and, and you're having my baby and let's just be together was just, gross honestly do you think (laughs) she
1: was really pregnant yes yes
6: oh yeah she was they, they were they they weren't real making it super obvious but there were several shots where they you know where they showed her the cut of the dress she was wearing and the way she was standing were clearly made to look like she was you know early i would say first trimester maybe early second trimester of pregnancy
3: yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh what they did with his story arc was just such a disservice. Uh and it would have been a much, much better ending for him if it was him who had killed her. Because then that would have uh gone back to what he was uh telling Brienne that he's hateful because of her and that he needed to destroy that part of his life that would have made so much more sense.
5: I mean, I I also wanted that to happen but at the same time, uh he would also have been the man that that killed his his uh the love of his life and his unborn child. So that would have been I I, I don't know if that's that's a redemption that that I mean, it would, it would definitely be a Game of Thrones-style redemption, but at the same time, uh, you know, that's not exactly a good thing. Right, right, yeah, good point. Like, if he
2: kills her, then he kills his unborn child, which, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. And I think, I didn't, you know what, I didn't have a problem with the idea of, you know, I mean, Jamie's an addict, right? He's addicted to her. And I get the fact that he, you know, succumbed to it again. I get that. I just don't think they had enough time to to get us there, you know. Um, and and like, yeah, they just they just needed a couple more scenes to to let us know. Okay, this is how it's happening. Where this is what his mind is. Um, uh, but I have to give you know the actor a lot of credit because I mean he's the, like like a lot of times when he's on there, he makes whatever he's doing like. Like the thing that's supposed to happen. And I that I will say that for all the cast, really. Like there's not I don't think there's anybody on this cast that I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I know, I know Mike, you don't agree with me on that one, but um No. <laughs> but uh anyway, Rita, let's go with you with uh your your low point.
3: Um That one's hard. I don't want to go with an obvious one. Okay. Uh, so, I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, fine. Ghost not getting his good boy, Pat.
5: <laughs> <laughs> or, or being ab- abandoned. Or, or
3: being abandoned by John. That, that, that would have been my low point. Uh, honestly, I, I just can't really, for some reason, I'm just drawing a blank on what the low point is for me. Um. So, yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to go with Ghost.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think uh, overall, you know, uh, certainly in the the last couple seasons or whatever, like Ghost seems to be an afterthought. And I know he's a special effect that costs money. So, you know, they have to really, you know, figure out a way to use him. But on a show that we're like they're spending tons of money on dragons um, and watching them fly around like. Like I thought, you know, I mean, Ghost didn't even get like a cool scene in the night in the battle, like in the third episode. Like I didn't even, I was worried about him. Like he goes in with everybody else and just disappears.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that that <laughs> whole scene where the all the riders had their, you know, their swords all on fire and everything, and then the lights going out slowly. Yep. That was just like, oh crap!
5: That was nuts. Yeah, that was yeah.
3: creepy. That yeah. was really creepy.
5: Jason what's a low point for you? Oh boy. Um
3: be honest. <laughs>
5: yeah, it's brand the broken for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that, that I didn't want to say it.
5: You know, I mean I, I know I sense. know that's the obvious choice uh for a lot of folks. Um but for me it's it's definitely brand. Uh and sorry, dog's coughing here. <clears throat> but uh you know, it, it's it's not that I don't like brand. Shut up, Lestat. Jeez. It's it's not that I don't like Bran. I mean, Bran's a a good kid, and, you know, he's a Stark, so that's kind of cool. But I just thought that he didn't really deserve to be king. And the reason why I say that is because he didn't fight in any of these huge battles. You know, when in the Battle of Winterfell, he was bait. That's all all he was. You know, what did the three, what did him becoming the three eyed Raven accomplish? Well, it accomplished uh, tearing Danny and John apart, you know, number one, because as soon as it's revealed that, you know, John is the rightful heir to the throne, that relationship's over with. Uh, And, and then you have, uh, you know, he, he uses his powers to go find the night King. And what did, what did that accomplish in the battle of Winterfell? Not, much of anything. Okay, he found the Night King, and the Night King just started, you know, destroying everybody. Uh, for me, if if I was to write the ending of who should get the Iron Throne or whatever was left of the Iron Throne, uh, the Iron Sludge, the Iron Sludge, <laughs> yes, who, who the person that should have been king or queen should have been Sansa, because if Sansa is named the the Queen of the of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, you could have still had the opportunity to have uh Tyrion become King Contort, you know, because there was I, I don't care what anybody's gonna say, there's still love between them there. You know? And on top of that, Brand could have been the hand of the king. He, they still could have used all of that three eyed raven knowledge that he gained for of the past as the perfect hand for her. But instead, he's the king. Well, and and the first thing he does as king is lose one of the kingdoms. That's the first thing he does.
3: Well, well, here's the thing. I've had a lot of time to uh, think about uh, Bran as king and how uh, this came about. You know, I I, I kept thinking to myself, why did he even bother telling anybody that John was going to be, or or that John is Aegon Targaryen if John was never going to be king? Well, he did that on purpose to drop because that wedge needed to be driven between him and Danny.
5: To set up everything. So you're saying that Bran masterminded this whole thing. (laughs) Well, Um, from the very beginning. yeah. I've already seen people that
2: have tried to make that connection.
3: Well, come on. I mean... While they're at that gathering at the end of episode six, and, and Tyrion's like, "Oh, so do you want to be kidding He's like, "Why do you think I came all this way?"
5: He knew, yeah, knew. No, yeah. and, and of course, you know, this also, you know, makes uh, jamie the ultimate king slayer because he tried to kill the king eight <laughs> years before. <laughs> <laughs> before.
7: You know.
3: Well, here's the thing, and, and this is uh, this is something else that's been floating around Facebook uh, the last couple days. Um he doesn't just see into the past. He can also uh,
5: apparently see into the future, see
3: into the future as well. <laughs> so how about, you know, when you see battles that are probably going to be coming and nip those things in the bud before they ever happen. So there's no bloodshed.
5: Yeah, whatever. I don't care. I, 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 th- I thought Bran was a terrible <laughs> choice. Um, okay.
3: And can they, they, could they have given that poor kids another name other than Bran the broken? Yeah,
2: I, yes. I did think that was like, yeah. oh man, it's like that is that is
3: well, and it's
6: it's that's that's his nickname. I get it, but why yeah, do they it. have to keep? Oh <laughs>
2: hell, brand the brother. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, As a exactly, friend of mine pointed out, it's not bad enough can. that every time he enters a room, everybody stands up. It's like, oh come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, I mean, like I'm pretty sure that the the uh, small council and whomever else didn't go around saying "All hail Aegon the" and they right. during Aegon the Fourth's reign? Like you, some some nicknames you just yeah.
1: don't. All hail like Kingslayer! Uh, you know, well, one the,
5: of the uh, <laughs> little fingers. So yeah, I mean, hey. <laughs> One of
2: the uh, one of the funniest memes I've seen to come out of uh, the finale was uh, a friend of mine posted. Uh, it says, "When you don't contribute to the group project and still get an A." #Hashtag <laughs> Game, Game yeah. of Thrones finale and there's a yeah. picture of Bran. Um, you
5: know, no, my favorite favorite was uh, uh, seeing uh, you know John John or, or no, it was Tyrion that was planning the you know, say, hey, they're ringing the bells, everything's fine, and then da- Daenerys goes,
3: "Leroy Jenkins,"
5: and then just goes. You know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh
6: i like i i like the my favorite ones have there's been a few random ones usually involving cersei and elephants <laughs> right. and everything um but uh the, the the well the well we forgot ones with the picture of benioff or weiss or I think I think it's Benny off. It's like, well, we for, we kind of forgot that uh, bells don't actually mean surrender. With the quote from Davos from the Blackwater episode, where he's saying, you know, I've never known bells to mean surrender. Um, that 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 one's probably my favorite. But there's like so, some of them are a bit over the top, but a lot of them are really on point. And and the funny thing was that HBO removed that after the show or par, or that part of it where. That, where people got that quote from, where they they say I can't even remember what it was. Like, well, we forgot that you know something, something, something. Um, but I, I've forgotten what their original quote was because people have covered it up with so ah, many more. It's just like the cup; things. they
2: removed the cup like the next day, like the next day the the, the Starbucks cup. Was yeah, coming, the coffee cup.
5: yeah. I wonder if the water bottle in is gone. There's a water bottle, right? Wow.
6: Yeah, tucked behind uh, Sam, oh, Sam. Sams Oh server. gosh, Arya. Uh, he was
1: thirsty; yeah, was couldn't there. help it.
2: we had to travel a long way uh mike what about you
1: oh wow things i didn't like the ending i wasn't as upset with as many people were i was kind of disappointed with bran as the king but i liked how bran said i wouldn't have come if i I didn't see this happening so he knew exactly that he was going to become king that might have been what actually he even saw during the Battle of Winterfeld when he was, like, you know, tripping out as the ravens.
5: Now, now, do we think that's the the reason why the Night King wanted to kill Bran was because he knew he was going to be king? Well, no, the, the whole setup is is
2: that, you know, and, and even Tyrion mentions this. Um, Bran is the keeper of history of man. Like, he is, he's the library, but it's all in his head. Right. Um, And, you know, even though I, you know, (laughs) this is how useless Bran is, Um, because a lot of people are like, well, (laughs) he's the one that, you know, tells, you know, he's the one that reveals who John's identity is. No, no. Sam does that. (laughs) Bran just backs him up. (laughs) Like, 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 it's not like, you know, without Bran, that doesn't happen because it still happens because Sam still knows it. So it's it's kind of like it is it is a weird thing. But. Uh, and it's it's unclear like what he can see and what he can't. Uh obviously it seems more plot driven than anything else. Um and, and of course as
5: you were mentioning, you know, you know, he's the he's the walking library, but uh Sam also does have a library, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's like, yeah, we don't yeah. So um
2: but um um yeah. yeah but, but anyway, I, Mike, so you were going you were you were saying.
1: All right. The thing that killed me the most, especially being an artist and such, was when she was writing the story about Sir Jamie in ink and then <laughs> flipping the page it closes the book and closes the book, I was just like, I was, I was just screaming at the screen. It's like, she just ruined what she wrote.
6: Ah,
3: <laughs>
1: you know,
6: I thought that when I first watched it, and then when I watched the episode the second time, I just told myself it's fine. They cut away, and she actually let it. Drive her. <laughs>
1: she <laughs> blowed. She blew it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jamie. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Oh, boy, calm but, down. Mike. <laughs> exactly.
1: But yeah. But no. Seriously, it was as that. That was heartbreaking to me, and the whole thing that he didn't even say bye to Ghost, at you know when Ghost went north with the the Wildlings. It was just like, oh, dude, that was just cold. You know, it's so, like, John, you know, you just survived the biggest battle. Don't you need to be comforted with your dog? You know, that type of thing. Yep.
6: <laughs> not just that, Ghost lost an yep. ear in that an battle. Ear. An ear. And all John can do is kind of like give him this pouty look <laughs> from afar. The John
1: Snow pouty look. Yeah.
2: Well, we've established he's not a bright man at all. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> he um, you knows nothing he knows <laughs> nothing um all right so um i certainly i had issues with a lot of things you guys have already mentioned uh but i think to me the thing that was a was probably more i thought about it disappointing in the especially in the last couple of well actually no throughout the whole season was uh the lack of the lack of Cersei. really um you know she's been such a main factor in the show she's not even in the first
5: two episodes there's like two episodes she's not even in right man man, Lena Lena Um, Headley got paid for just standing (laughs) out at a window and drinking wine the whole
2: (laughs) yeah
1: I want that job
5: I mean she shows up
2: and uh and, and and kills Danny's friend and then yeah and then basically she stands on a on a on a balcony for a while until uh, her hand comes and it's like, you know, uh, we better go. And she's like, evacuate? In our moment of triumph? I think you overestimate their chances. Um, <laughs> um, and 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 then, you know, now I give her credit. Uh, the slick move she makes to get away from the hound and it is awesome. <laughs> yes, where she just flinks by, that was awesome.
3: <laughs> she's like, don't just, mind me, just uh, passing <laughs> through. <laughs> um,
2: Come on, but man but she really doesn't get a lot to do this season at all which is kind of a waste because she's such a great character. Um, and and I can't think of, you know, whereas most of the characters even, you know, like they they didn't go as exactly how I'd like them or whatever, it wasn't established, but I think a lot of them got really good scenes um throughout the season, but like hers are just not there. She and the part of the problem is is that everybody is in Everybody is in Winterfell. So it's just her and the mountain and her hand, and that's it. Nobody other characters that, well, no, then we've got uh, uh disgusting boy there. Um uh oh man, I can't think of his name now. Euron, whatever Euron, yes. Ugh, urine.
5: Yeah. Um <laughs> and, and was that not the most pointless fight between Eur- Euron and and, and Jamie? I mean, nah, it was just kind of like I mean it was
2: literally like you like, know,
4: like I did her, no, I did her, no, yeah, exactly <laughs> like, come on, it's, like, man, it, yeah. it's
2: like literally two guys waving their dicks at each other, like, so, <laughs> yes, pretty much uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and <laughs> and yeah, so I, I that's what that's what my disappointment was, is that uh uh Cersei doesn't get and you know her
5: her end is her end,
2: I get it, but um, it was it
5: wasn't a I mean.
7: It, it should seemed, have been. It, it should have been an romance. end
5: that was a bit more dramatic than you know. And, and I don't think Cersei as a character deserved to have the the loving romantic ending, you know. Right, right.
2: Well, um, cool. Well, now that we've got all that out of our system, well, one thing, one
1: thing, one thing. Did uh-huh. you guys also notice? And this going could be another tie- Star Wars tie-in, guys. That's <laughs> good. Did you notice how the mountain kind of looked like Darth Vader without his? <laughs> of
0: but but yes. better. Yes. Yeah. 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 Much better.
2: Um, yeah, better. Klegling bowl. That was awesome. Uh that was epic. Um, even though it was pointless, it was still epic. Um I uh all right, so now that it's over. Uh the good, the bad, that everything that came with season eight, how do you feel how do you feel like this season, the ending now has affected the show, the series, the franchise, the books—where um, does this? Did it sort of ruin your enjoyment of of the, the all of it, or is it still okay? Or where do you stand on on all of that? Uh, Tara, we'll start with
6: you. Um, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> so it's, it's it's hard for for me because, like I said, I I really like separated the show from the book pretty early on, um, right? years, years ago, like, like I, it was, I want to say it was right after season. It was like between seasons five and six. It might've, yeah, it was, it, was, I, it actually might've been right before season six. I, I kind of almost like had to sit myself down and say, if you're going to enjoy this, you need to be able to separate the two or you can't watch it because you're just going to be miserable. And, and honestly, season six, like wasn't the worst. Um, uh, So that helps too. But yeah, I, I, I I do think that this last season was rushed and did a lot of damage to the show's like overall standing in terms of, you know, great shows ever on television. Um, But there have been a lot of shows with way worse. I lost. Um, (laughs) Sopranos. Sopranos, Uh, People, people keep, Oh God, you bring Dexter, up Dexter oh, God. which like, I, I honestly, I got, I got tired of that after like three seasons or so, maybe four. I, I can't remember. Uh, so like, I didn't even see I've the ending. So yeah, like there, there's been a lot of shows with way worse endings that it's like, sure, sure. I didn't like uh, some of the things that happened, you know, the, the way they concluded certain storylines, like Brian and Jamie and everything. And I, th- this last season, was, was rushed. And, and particularly like the second half of it was just not great, especially compared to the first half. But, you know, overall, like this is still a show with some really great acting, um, you know, like beautiful cinematography, beautiful scenery, beautiful costumes. Um, the the writing, even when it was at its best, was, was still kind of, you know, it's very much a watered down version of, of the books, um, which and I think that's part of why I I just can't love the writings a lot, because I, I'm used to so much, so, so much of a, like, richer story uh, in the text, but, but yeah, like, I, it's still going to, go down in history as like a really great show overall. They did so many unprecedented things. And I think that in, in, in the conclusion where people are upset with how some things happened or just, just generally hated it, whatever uh, they're, they're discounting the things that the show. So so
2: you're not worried about ice and fire con, like not having like a lot of people now (laughs) interest.
6: Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I said FireCon, we're, we're kind of, we've (laughs) always been more book focused than show focused anyway. Like, uh, one of the things people tell us every year is we need more show centric panels, even, even like this year when probably about a third of our panels were focused on the show, it still wasn't enough. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're small, you know, we're a pretty intimate community and. I would say ninety-five percent of the people who attend have read the books, um, and probably half of those people have read them several times. So it it it's definitely as, as as an event. Will it continue forever? Now that the show is over, I mean, probably not. But you know, we do still have books to look forward to. Uh, so. I wouldn't
5: hold your breath on that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, Rita, what about you? Is uh, How do you feel about the, the series overall? Uh,
3: I've enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed it. Um, I am sad to see it gone. Um, but at the same time, I'm also relieved. And, you know, if HBO decides to come up with some other spinoffs or prequels or whatever, you know, I, I look forward to watching that.
2: Well, they're already pre-production has already started on the prequel.
1: Yep. I yeah, wa- and- I definitely want to see the Dread Pirate area.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> you mean
5: area, the Explorer? <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the,
3: the books are concerned, um, I've only read the series once. Um, you can ask Jason when it comes to books, I'm a speed reader. I, I go through a book a day or a book, a, you know, every couple days. But each one of those books took me like a month to read. So I will probably never read them again. But if he does get around to writing the last two, I will be more than happy to read them. If he, you know, actually gets down to writing them.
5: Well, he's writing them, I and he's just never. He's it, been like.
3: writing that books <laughs> for like fifteen years.
5: <laughs> yes. Well,
2: hey, look. You know, everybody's complaining that the series was rushed. Don't rush him, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, but, you know, there's always
2: that, you know... See what happens when you get, when you rush?
3: Die before he even finishes.
2: Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but,
5: uh, Jason, what about you? So, I I mean, I again, I'm one of the folks that, that defended the writers all season. And, you know, I, for me, George R.R. Martin was always uh, a tough read because uh, I... I do enjoy detail in my stories, but he gets to the minutiae of detail in his stories. Uh, So uh, I, I, I have always preferred the series, uh, the television series over the books. I know Tara doesn't want to talk to me anymore. I'm sorry, Tara. (laughs) No. So I defended the writers all season. So I, I necessarily don't think it did uh, damage the show overall. Um, I still believe the show is one of the greatest television shows in history, especially for a sword and sorcery fantasy. Um, and I, I absolutely, uh, even though I hated Brand being the king at the end, I still think the season itself uh, was enjoyable to watch, and it was there was some amazing moments. And uh, I I think I'm I'm satisfied with the ending of the show. And I'm looking forward to, like, Rita. I'm looking forward to the the prequel coming out, and uh, and anything else they they can put together for Game of Thrones. I, I think uh, there there is definitely still some story to be told. Uh, I know George has spent a lot of time writing a lot of those prequels and and uh, you know spinoffs, and and I believe he also did some some history books. Uh, Terry, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but you know, like history of Westeros kind of books that they can draw from. Uh, and 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 actually mm-hmm. make some some interesting storylines. I'm going to miss Peter Dinklage. I, I absolutely loved him as Tyrion, and I loved his character. And I think he's a brilliant actor. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, all the the actors in the show were absolutely brilliant. So uh, knowing that that story is not going to continue on, and we're not going to see them uh, in in like uh, future Game of Thrones shows. Uh, I'm going to miss them, but uh, overall it it was just an awesome show to watch and I'm going to miss it greatly. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what about you?
1: I think, you know, it has so much legend around it now. And, you know, like you've been saying, it's been out for over a decade in some ways. And, you know, all we were talking about when is, Game of Thrones coming back. When is Game of Thrones coming back? And we finally got it. We finally had an ending to it. Nobody was going to be happy with how it is because everyone has it built up in their minds how they wanted the show to end. Nobody could have predicted what it came to or what it came out to. That's why people like Jason and Rita do their own kind of projects. So that way they can have the endings that they want.
5: (laughs) You know, and I already have people upset with me. So (laughs) (laughs)
1: exactly. See, and you know, but truthfully, that's the reason why if you don't like what people are doing with stuff, write your own thing be creative. You have all these ideas in your heads about how ways certain shows should end or how certain shows should go do your own thing, create your own stuff to do it that way. Cause you're the one who's going to be happy with it. You know, no one's going to be, you know, totally thrilled hundred percent with any show. And that's the truth. And, you know, game of Thrones, I think was groundbreaking. Game of Thrones. There's not going to ever be anything exactly like it and built up to it. The ratings were sky high for HBO you know, all, you know, on Sunday. But, you know, you don't, you're not going to have something like that. You aren't going to have something like The Sopranos. You're not going to have something like MASH or what all these other shows that ended. And, you know, I think there's only one satisfying ending I've ever had for a show. And that was Newhart, you know? when he woke up and it was his wife from the first TV show. And he was saying, I had this weirdest dream about this woman in sweaters and living up in Vermont at a, at a country inn," and, you know, it was just, it was awesome. But, you know, that's the, you know, but that's for me. Other people might've not even liked that. They might've been bitching and moaning about that. So folks, game of Thrones was amazing. Game of Thrones was a reprieve for however many episodes up to 12 episodes a season at one point and you know we had fun with it thank you for the fantasy I'm looking forward to the books I'll read them when they come out because I've read all the other books but I'm not going to you know lament and go back and read all the books from the beginning I have other things I gotta do. I've got to, you know, I've, I've got podcast stuff to do. I've got other books I want to read. I got other, I have a list of series that I gotta, you know, start picking up now and you know, I will. So pretty awesome though.
2: It certainly has been, like I said, uh, almost a decade of, of this and it's a show that nobody ever could have predicted would have made as impact on pop culture and, culture in general, I think going into it, there's no way that anybody could have thought that this show, this sort of sorcery, you know, politics show, medieval politics show would have, would have done what it's done, even close to it. And <laughs> that's why it's really, you know, that's, it's yeah. hard to predict what shows are going to be big and what ones are not. And what's the, what shows are going to catch on. But I think one thing that is clear is that, uh, you know, for everything that they've done, uh, they they have broken ground. It has been an influence. You can already see uh, in the last ten years how television has changed uh, because of Game of Thrones, yeah. and uh, um, and that's that that legacy is going to continue on.
1: Go to uh, any geek con and say Winter has come, you know, and you know everyone would be like oh, Game of Thrones. You that's know? the
2: thing. You don't even have to go to a geek con. I can just go to my office and say, when, and then nobody, people don't watch it, but they know what it means. You know, you can even say the red wedding and people know what that means. Mm-hmm. Even though they haven't, they never saw it, you know, um, that's how like big
5: this show got. Um, so, and, so yeah, it's, and, it's going to, and it's funny, Mike, I think that's the red wedding. You mentioned it. That's when game of Thrones <laughs> really rocked everybody's world. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's when every when it changed television was when that scene happens and they kill who at that point was a star of the show. <laughs> I mean, multiple stars of the show. Yeah. Nobody does that.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everybody in
5: the, everything was like for grabs after that. You know? And what was funny is, you know, we knew it was coming and we, <laughs> well, as soon as they started heading, you know, to, to, to that particular location, we and, know what
3: was
2: going to happen. And The
5: wedding was going to happen. We were like, Oh shoot. Nobody's ready for this.
2: No, I wasn't ready, and I well, had uh, I had read the books. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, but anyway, so Sorry. so yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll see what the next big thing is after this. But I mean, for for all its for all that it did, um, you know, I, I think uh, Game of Thrones is always going to be like one of my favorite shows ever. Um, it just had great characters, uh, amazing characters, in depth characters that you were supposed to hate. I mean. I'm surprised that I like Jamie at all. <laughs> like, like after that first episode where he pushes a kid out the window, I'm like, okay, that's where we're starting with him. And he's sleeping for sleeping with his sister. Like, you know, I'm like, that's where we're like, that's the starting point for him. And I'm like, ugh. the fact that I like him at all is a true Testament to that show. So, so, um, well, we are done talking about it for now, but I'm sure it's a show that we will be referencing again and again, and again, as long as we're podcasting, as long as we're talking about stuff. So um, thank you guys for joining us, and um, we'll be right back with the ESO Network Con.
0: Hello, everybody. Michelle here with the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, starting with a little sign of the very weird times in which we live. Uh, The Department of Defense hosted a special guest this past Thursday. Gene Simmons was on hand at the Pentagon to give a press briefing as part of an initiative to engage the public with military activities. Sure. Uh, Simmons addressed personnel at the Pentagon and then headed over to visit the White House. Uh, It's only the second press briefing at the Pentagon in the past year. Uh, The last one before this was uh, October. Gerard Butler was there to promote his movie, his big hit movie, Hunter Killer. Yeah, because this is totally normal. The U.S. is involved in four armed conflicts with a fifth one looming and Gene Simmons is addressing the Pentagon. Okay. Uh, In other news, uh, the Elton John biopic Rocketman received its premiere at Cannes last week. Elton and actor Taron Egerton, who plays him, both received rousing standing ovations. It was a very emotional evening for everybody. Uh, the footage of uh, Edgerton's tearful response to the accolades has been making the rounds on the internets, and uh, Elton and his writing partner Bernie Taupin both admitted to getting a little weepy too. Um, the movie opens in the United States on May 31st. Really looking forward to it. We'll be talking about it right here on the ESO podcast shortly thereafter, as well as about Elton's stellar career. Right now over at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com, I wrap up the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction season with a little look at the, uh, the flip side of the situation at the Rock Hall. That is all for now, and until next time, we'll see you.
1: For the week of May 24th, 2019. It's the ESO Network Con report.
2: It is Memorial Day weekend coming up. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. I know. Most of us get a three-day weekend out of it, so it's pretty nice. Um, but you know, obviously, it's it's uh, it's not all about uh, you know relaxing. Um, you know, it is Memorial Day after all. But um, there are some events happening this week, um, and you can find uh, some ESO folks at a couple of them, starting with Trek Lanta. That is May 24th through the 26th. Uh, it is uh, celebrating all things Trek. They've got some great guests, and uh, representing the ESO network will be the Nerdbliss folks. Uh, I know that Chris and Dan are appearing on some panels. So say howdy to them and uh, enjoy Trek-lanta. Um, also on the 25th of May, uh, that is Saturday night, uh, Kevin will be playing in a band that only plays once a decade. It is his uh, alternative alternative band called God's Comics. And, and he uh, cried, I
1: thought it was going to be called the Cicadas or something like <laughs> I
2: that. I know, right? They... Uh, they they play covers of the Monkees tunes, as well as Elvis Costello and Men at Work. So it's an, uh, an interesting assortment of songs. Uh, but they will be playing at the Hearing Room in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, you can get more information and ticket information at hearingroom.net. So uh, good luck. And if you miss them this t- this Saturday, then you got to wait another 10 years. So, and, uh, you know, that's... Uh, well that's that's kind of iffy for some of us um and then also I want to give also uh a a this weekend also is Momocon, which uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to attend this year and uh, but uh for those folks who uh, are interested in checking it out. Uh, There will be some ESO network coverage. Uh, Our our girl in the street, if you will, Raven will be there and she'll be taking over the ESO Instagram account all weekend. So you can see a lot of posts from from Momocon, straight from her. So uh, keep an eye. If you're not already subscribed to our Instagram account, do so. And if you happen to see Raven uh, wandering around at Momocon, say howdy to her. So, uh, And those are all the events that are happening this weekend and this month. So uh, we'll have some more events for you happening throughout the summer uh, on the next episode. And if you've got a convention that you want us to talk about, please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions.
7: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take, I'm your host Angela, and this week this geek girl is talking about the Avengers Endgame movie. So I finally got to see Endgame after like a month of waiting, and I was able to stay away from spoilers for the entire time, which let me tell you is really, really hard when your social media is filled with a bunch of nerds. So I was really pumped for this movie, and having to wait so long was kind of agonizing because I'm a big nerd myself. So, but however, it was well worth the wait. I really enjoyed the story. I cried a bunch and I laughed a whole lot too, especially for Thor and Ant-Man because they brought the comedy. There were also a lot of really heartfelt moments in this film and they all pulled at my heartstrings. The entire like time travel thing where Thor and Iron Man and Captain America had their little moments in the past That was really, really touching, and it was super, super sweet. I will say, however, that Black Widow was given the smallest stick in this movie. Like, I'm sad that we will now not have a female-led Avengers film in the future, because while they were setting it up for her to no longer be there, blatantly obvious, they could have easily set it up for her to be the leader. Like, she already kind of was at the beginning of the film, so I'm really really sad about that. But I guess we will also see what happens in the Black Widow movie, since we don't really know what Marvel has in store for us anyways. I loved just how much of a family all the characters have become over the course of the last decade these movies have been going on. And I know all the actors have grown in their characters amazingly, because Watch them on the screen. Like, you can go back and watch the first Thor movie and just see how much that character has evolved over the course of these films. The same with Iron Man and Captain America and all of them. So, it's just really, really cool to see how these characters have grown through the course of the movies. I'm also now pumped for the next Guardians movie since I really need a As Guardians movie to happen. So I'm really, really excited to see what we get for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The girl power moment at the end of the movie made me incredibly happy to see, and that they will at least show the strong women working together to save the world, since there are so many characters in these films for females to look up to, young and old females. And I'm glad that they had those moments throughout the film, and especially that one moment at the end. Also, that Pepper pots in the iron suit, yes, that was wonderful. I was super sad at the ending. However, they really foreshadowed Tony's fate in the film early on, and it was crazy sad since he's one of the best characters in the series. So it made me sad, but I also knew it was coming. But I'm still sad. I am looking forward to the films that we get after Endgame. I'm pumped for the next Spider-Man film, which I also find it really, really hilarious that they told Tom Holland that they were filming a wedding scene at the end of the movie, not a funeral, just in case he spoiled it again. And then all the other films that we'll be getting, like Guardians 3, which I've already said, which I'm kind of guessing Guardians 3 is going to be The Search for Gamora, since that's kind of what they've set us up for at the end of the movie, so I guess what we will all see well thanks for listening to a geek girls take what will i talk about next week well you're gonna to have to listen to find out
1: so let's go wrap up another episode of the air station one podcast let me thank our guests for joining us tonight tara thank you so so much for being here tonight
6: yeah thanks again for having me back hope to uh talk with you guys again soon yeah, what are we going to
2: talk about now that there's game of, no more Game of Thrones? We I mean, to... I,
6: I, I do have other things in my life. Uh, <laughs> really? I think.
1: <laughs> do tell, do tell.
6: Oh, well, I, honestly, literally at this point, my, my next uh, focus is just Dragon Con. Um, so I, I, and actually, even that, a lot of it comes stems from Game of Thrones stuff because I'm doing a lot of work with the high fantasy tracks. So. <laughs>
1: There you go.
2: It's not over for you.
1: <laughs> Winter hasn't fallen yet. That's awesome. Well, it's great always to talk to you, and it's always fun to you know just have you on the show.
3: Yeah, thanks, Ken.
1: And of course, Jason and Rita, thank you both so much for being here tonight.
3: It was a huge pleasure.
5: Yep we had we had a lot of fun as we always do with you guys, and hopefully uh, your folks, if they're looking for something else to. Uh, quench their game with their own thirst. They can always check out our shows from transmissions from Atlantis. We have two uh, audio dramas, uh, vampires of Whitechapel and continuum force. Uh, One's a sci-fi one's a horror. Um, One is family friendly. One is not. I'll let you guess which one is which, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, definitely check us out. But uh, thank you so much for having us and uh, we love you guys. So great. Thanks.
1: Hey, you guys are founding members of the ESO network. So, you know, you guys are our family.
5: Yep, absolutely. We feel the same.
1: So always great to, you know, have you guys here. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about?
2: I do, especially since we're talking about Game of Thrones. One of the, uh, uh, the, every time I think about Game of Thrones, every time I watch an episode, there are two podcasts that I go to, and I'm going to miss those just as much as I miss uh, the show. And, uh, one of them is called a Cast of Kings. Uh, it's with, uh, David Chen and Joanna Robinson. Um, they also do have a Westworld podcast, which, um, well, we can talk about that later, but, um, um, I'm excited for. Um, but, um, I'm gonna miss that one. And, uh, our good friend Van, who does the White Rocket Entertainment, uh, podcast, uh, he just celebrated episode 400. Uh, so, uh, so he, not, not all, not all about Game of Thrones, uh, not even close, but uh but I love uh, listening to them talk about their thoughts about uh, Game of Thrones and and like i said i'm going to miss I'm going to miss hanging out with them after every episode, just as much as I'm going to miss uh, actually watching the
1: episodes. No, totally understand that. Totally understand that. Congratulations, Van. Four hundred is a big number to get to. Absolutely. Trust us, we know. so very cool Uh, my real quick is going to be to HBO who I promptly cancelled on Monday morning (laughs) and said thank you but I'm done and I'll maybe come back you know see what specials I can get when Watchmen comes out because the preview for that looked really amazing and also you know everyone's saying Chernobyl is fantastic I've heard it's breathtaking. It's amazing. But the big thing that with HBO, you know, other than canceling it, uh, was, uh, thank you to HBO for surprising us and giving us a Westworld season three preview right yes. before game of Thrones. Yes. I was not expecting that.
5: Especially Pretty awesome. I didn't even recognize it as Westworld. I thought it was just like some <laughs> different sci-fi show. And then, Oh, exactly. It was like,
1: what? <laughs> Cause they can still surprise you. Exactly. It was just like, you just came out of left field with that was awesome. I was really impressed. And so, and so Westworld 2020. So we've got probably about a year. till it comes back. So, Got things to look forward to, as always. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Join us again next week. We are going to continue on with our path towards 500. That's right, folks. We are getting closer and closer.
5: 500.
1: Wow. Holy cow. (laughs) And so we are coming back next week, and we are going to be joined by Dr. Scott and... Mike Faulkner and we are doing our newest look at science. There is Science. uh, Thank you. Uh, There's always a lot to talk about and a lot of with going on with our planet, with extraterrestrial stuff going on, and I don't mean ET stuff, I mean planets and stuff like that. And discoveries. We got our first picture of a black hole. That was just amazing. It almost looked like a donut. It was pretty awesome.
5: I, I thought I thought it looked like Doctor Strange's, you know, little magic coop thing
1: yeah kind of sort of it was pretty cool <laughs> so we're going to be talking all about that until then my name is mike faber we will see you here next time on your station one podcast peace and we are done boom You've been listening to the Air Station 1 podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station 1 is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tea Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com ESO Network to sign up.